0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Kat. Hello there,
1: Nookie, and welcome to the show. On her website, our guest today says, who doesn't love to talk about sex and everything in between? She is here to talk through all the down, dirty, and not so fun moments that life has to offer, as she's one female, that isn't afraid to embrace all aspects of life from sexuality to success. Mizzy Bender is a 38 year old female entrepreneur leading the way in the lifestyle community. Mizzy's journey started out with Mindbender parties and still remains traveling the East Coast putting on full thematic lifestyle events with her partner in crime, Spencer. Mizzy's passion and drive is all about creating the environment that is all-inclusive and judgment-free, where we can be who we are without question, where we can have a platform to talk about the things we are curious about without judgments, finding like-minded humans to love and support one another. Through this journey, Mizzy's Boutique was formed, starting as an online shop that has migrated into a traveling pop-up boutique at alternative lifestyle events across the U.S. Shortly after the podcast, the Mizzy Bender Show was created. And that's just the start of the story. Here now, Mizzy Bender, on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now.
1: First time you ever got enjoyment about talking about sex.
2: Oh my God, you're bringing it back, huh? Mm -hmm. Um this is like a stumper. I have no idea. I mean, like, my whole life, I've been like a super sexual human being. Um, Really weird. So my parents used to own a video store when I was in like, maybe kindergarten or something. And they had at that time is when they still had the super, you know, private back rooms. And at the same time they also had another kind of like electronics business so my brother and I would always be snooping around you know the back areas you know collecting like nuts and bolts and different things for the one business but really knowing what's behind the curtain so like at an early age I was super not knowledgeable about sex but I knew that stuff existed so I would probably say really early on like I was very curious. I don't know when I first really actually had the conversation though. I have no idea. I mean, I think I gave my first blow in like junior high school. So probably around that time when I got to have like the, the, you know, meeting up of the boy coming to my house and stuff, maybe that might be the moment. Oh my God. Now I'm going to like think about this hardcore after the show is over and be like, is this a true statement?
1: First time you ever looked at a picture and said wow this is something I can do something with this
2: oh god okay so again I was like super early age it must have been like second or third grade my dad got the lingerie magazines in and the ladies were super beautiful and I was like oh my gosh like that was probably it. Those, I forget what, you know, the super lacy ones. It was just, you know, like nothing crazy or anything. But yeah, no, I loved those magazines when they came because they were they were my favorite for sure. Women, women, it was women.
1: First time someone came to you and said, Mizzy, you've opened my eyes to something I never thought I'd think about.
2: Oh, It was when Mornings with Mizzy started during COVID, and we started to really get into, I mean, the conversations went so far deep and emotional and everything. It it was then. It was that moment. There was a lot of humans at the same time doing it.
1: First time you said, I would like to be a proprietor of a store.
2: (laughs) Well, um, I've always wanted to own a business. I never knew what the business was. And organically, through my involvement with Mindbender Parties, which we'll probably get into like later on the show, maybe, Um, I started to kind of open my mind to some of the things that the community needed. And one of them at the time was swag. And I just happened to get lucky with something different with New York State, uh, a program that I was accepted into. And I was like, okay, here's the connection. I'm going to take the need of the community and I'm going to build my store and get supported by New York State uh, with this program I was invited into.
1: Amazing. First time you had someone write you back about your podcast and say, hey, I see myself how did you start?
2: Um, so I I don't know that I've ever actually had that conversation yet. I have had individuals in the industry reach out to me to say, oh, this is super cool. I would love to be on your podcast. But it was never really in exchange in that kind of conversation, I don't think. It's yet to happen.
1: I'll add a bonus first five question to you. Oh, okay. Your first guest... On your first podcast.
2: It would be my best friends, Holly and Jim. We were hiking and we were in the middle of like this mountain in Connecticut. And it was fucking phenomenal.
1: <laughs> you did your podcast in the middle of a mountain. Tell yeah. me more.
2: Um, Yeah. So this was like kind of during the COVID time. And the only thing that you were able to do at this moment was, you know, be in the outdoors and, you know, venture around. So we were trying to do everything that we possibly could to get out of the house, on in New York because New York was a little bit, uh, you know, crazy with their requirements at that time. So the other states were a little bit more free. So we would travel out and uh, we were doing hikes frequently. And one of the times we just kind of plopped this, you know, seat, you were able to go and see over to Foxwoods. And it was the scenery was just absolutely incredible. It was a gorgeous day. It was, it was really, really cool. It was, I had never done that either it was a very it was the first time i was trying it out i was like is this gonna work you know the sound and because i was recording off my phone you know like just super in the moment organic we're gonna start to shoot the shit and have a show right now and that's what we did
1: beautiful and we're going to talk more about not only mizzy's podcast but mizzy's boutique and mizzy's blog and mizzy's Ooh. only fans and everything mizzy bender you can imagine when Ooh. we return on what women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky
0: we do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love if you want to help the show as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly thankscatsuit thanks, Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you.
1: Well, hi there, Catsuit. This is Jacqueline Powers, and yes, I really am back recording new hypnosis files again on YouTube and also on Patreon for the more adventurous fans out there. And John,
0: I really enjoyed coming on your show so much and finding out that you had your very own experience with my hypnosis files. So, if you want to learn more, About how I got started with online hypnosis.
1: All you have to do is just listen
0: to my interview on the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want podcast. The Heart of the Dominatrix Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world, this book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today.
1: Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years.
2: Indeed. And it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and
1: spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife. The Practical Contract Guide, Relationship shor- Shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.
0: We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at whatwomenwantp one on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast and on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Presented by Dating Kinky.
1: Welcome back to the program joined by Mizzy Bender. Who has so many different things? I almost want to call you Mizzy Media because (laughs) there's so many things you do. First thing I want to talk about, though, is just something that kind of goes back to how we started this show, and that is how people connect with each other. And you had a very interesting, I'll call it rant, but it was very sweet this morning as we taped this on Instagram (laughs) talking about. Peppy pictures. Yes. Explain to me what peppy pictures are, and then I will continue my line of questioning.
2: Well, so when I, okay, so social media is really complicated sometimes to use words. So for some odd reason, I just call, you know, people's penis a pepe because I figure it would be you know, a fun way. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to get my message across. I don't want to be a complete asshole, but I, you know, so I try and keep it light and fun and also not get myself in trouble on social media. And I, I don't want Pepe pictures in my inbox because I find it to be like really inappropriate and out of line and offensive. So I was really frustrated this morning and I just... I had received way too many in my inbox like that this morning. And I just, I couldn't even take it. I was so
1: annoyed. This show began with a blog that I wrote on FetLife called Dear Men About Those Unsolicited Dick Picture Sending.
2: You're kidding me.
1: That's how this show started. Because I talked to Nookie Notes, who is the head of Dating Kinky. And I said, Nookie? I get all these messages from my friends talking about how many unsolicited dick pics they get. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why men don't understand that women don't want these. What do women want? Hold on. I think I have an idea for a podcast. (laughs) And that is how the podcast started. And then after about eight episodes, we discovered we're telling the same story. Mm -hmm. read the profile, don't send a dick pic, uh, be genuine, have a sense of humor. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: as I started interviewing people, I started interviewing them about their authentic selves and discovered that that was the most amazing connection of all. Mm -hmm. So that's where we kind of did our right turn. So, Mizzy Bender, I will ask you this question. Why do you think guys do send Pepe pics?
2: Honestly, I think that they're insecure. I have no idea. Like for you to think that you're in with a female is going to be automatically out of the gate to do that. There's something not operating in your brain the right way. Because you either have low self-esteem, you're not comfortable with your own self, you're looking for some sort of positive reinforcement from somebody else. These are the only things I can think of, and I'm certainly not the gal uh, to to be giving you that positive reinforcement because. A Pepe is not that great looking. So for you to think that that's the way to come out of the gate is ridiculous and weird. So yeah, it's definitely an internal thing that you need to work on yourself and grow as an individual.
1: And while women, I believe, are attracted by an attractive looking man, Mm -hmm. I think it goes so much further than that. It has to be the way they treat others, the way they think their intelligence, their sense of humor, mm-hmm. and it's not based on one body part. Whereas men may turn it around and go, "Yeah, you've got a nice," I I feel s- silly saying this, "You've got a nice rack, or your mm-hmm. ass is beautiful, or right. whatever."
2: Yeah, I call the vagina hoo ha. So if we're hoo-ha. in the
1: middle- <laughs> 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 hoo ha and peppy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if you think that men are trying to put their thought process into women and it's not working.
2: Yeah. You know, I think that the reason why I get so offended by it is because if you honestly follow me as an individual on social media, you'll understand who I am because I really am really transparent in my thoughts and I don't like having personal conversation via messenger with anybody, because I'm a much more in the in person, like you said, all those characteristics, I want to see behaviors, I want to see how you treat others, I want to see that you're going to be respectful and be able to listen to me if I say no, or I need something different. For you to come right out of the gate and send photos like that, it makes me believe that you already don't have respect for me. And that's not right. Like, And it makes me just feel a certain way. So maybe even a lack of their insecurities or whatever it is, me personally feeling offended, like follow my social media a little bit more and learn who I am before you try and send something like that. It bothers me.
1: What is the number one thing, in your opinion, that men miss when trying to connect with a woman?
2: I think, or anyone
1: for that matter?
2: Probably the soft approach. I mean, some do it relatively well. But, you know, you have to kind of be open minded and sit back and be willing to listen for a second. It's totally cool to come into an inbox and say, Hey, uh, I've been following you, you know, the messaging that you're putting out is really great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I admire, oh, I don't even have to say I admire anything, but at least be a little bit you know, engaging and in tune to who it is that you're messaging, right? You can't just go in and just start having the same conversation with the same, you know, different females or men or whatever, you know, whomever you're looking to speak with and and do the intro the same exact way. We're all individuals. We all have different personalities. We all are, you know, it's not going to be the same for everybody. And I think that that's the part that they miss. Like, we're not all sexual demons just because we're on social media and we're being sexy and everything. We're real people and we want to have regular conversation. So you need to take the sex part out of it and just focus on, no, at the end of the day, I still wake up and, you know, brush my teeth like everybody else and do the same things that everybody else does. So treat me that way, you know, treat me like you really want to understand who I am and get to know me before any kind of sexual
1: exchange. You talked in the first five about the fact that your parents owned a video store Mm -hmm. that had a back room. Yes. Was the demystification of sex something that helped you grow? I don't know what demystification means. Meaning there weren't a lot of secrets. You knew what was there. You oh. saw the videos and you went, oh, people do that and people do yeah. that and people yeah. do that. And granted, it was porn, maybe, mm-hmm. or adult films. Yeah. But still, it wasn't something that was, quote, bad or right. needed to it, be hidden, even though yeah. it was in a back room.
2: Yeah. You know, you bring up a really great point. I mean, it definitely skewed how I thought about things because it made me so much more curious at such an early age. And I know like different characteristics of my dad and, you know, how he is as an individual. So I guess because of those things, it made me feel a little bit more free. But I still was really having a hard time, you know, coming out in my swinger, alternative lifestyle world, you know, fast forward. So, you know, growing up, I think it made me a little bit more sassy and a little bit more in tune to wanting to be flirtatious with the boys, you know, and so, you know, I never acted in any kind of really sexual way, but I was definitely very flirtatious and borderline like, I could have been pretty hoary in school, you know, I got the reputation for it, but I really was not doing anything. So it definitely put me in a lot of different swirls of, yeah, wow, I know what this is. I really want to, I really want to act on it and like learn more about it and be part of it. And, you know, so I guess that's why I'm really happy. I get to be in my lifestyle now.
1: (laughs) I did not have any girls in my high school. I went to an all boys school.
2: Oh, how was that?
1: It was fine because I didn't have a lot of distractions. I remember going to driving school and looking over and seeing a girl sitting next to me and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's actually a female sitting next to me here. And yes, I asked her out. Uh, In case you're wondering. Yes. Oh, Sharon, if you only knew. Uh, (laughs) I remember her name. How I remember her name. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. fantastic. And of course, she was a swimmer. So I appreciated her. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> but it's interesting to me that you say you had that reputation in school, mm-hmm. yet that wasn't you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why
1: do you think people get those reputations when it isn't you?
2: Oh, OK. So, you know, to speak freely and not toot my own horn in any kind of way, because that's not how I mean it. But I think that people get very... um Insecure or a jealous kind of, I don't even think jealousy is actually the right word, but something happens when there's somebody that is a little bit prettier than you that comes along. Or, you know, for me personally, it was like a lot of the boys in my grade and the grade above me paid a lot of attention to me and I had more male friends and I did female friends. And, you know, when the females see that it's like, Oh, you're tapping into my, you know, this is like my territory, Mm. stay in your grade. You know, why are you hanging out with our boys doing, you know, so this weird I don't know why you females do it. Like we're not in competition with each other. You know, like we should just be all united and support one another. Nobody's better than anybody else. Or, you know, it's not like that. But there really does seem to be that kind of mentality between the females and they're not able to accept, you know, more outgoing females or ones that are able to speak their mind a little bit more. You know, there's a a few things that happen that, causes some conflict between us. And it's, it's actually unfortunate. Uh, One of the things I'm trying to change, you know, through my path, but I think that that's probably a lot of it not being secure, you know, always goes back to security within our own selves. Always, everything that I always have to say always is going to be, you know, you have to take a look inside and see why you're behaving that way and why your thoughts are that way. Because it's something deep in here that you have to figure out for your own self and You know, be better and not be that way.
1: You talked about the fact that as you came out in the lifestyle, the swinging lifestyle, and we will talk a lot more about that because I don't understand it a lot because that's Mm -hmm. never been my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But you went from this person who had a good head on their shoulders, understood who they were. What attracted you to that lifestyle?
2: Well, okay. So my journey is a little bit different. Um, I was married for 15 years and um, my husband at the time was a severe alcoholic and mm. suffered crazy from PTSD. And I lived a really challenging life for my reasons. I had, a, I had a stepson that I met when he was two and a half and uh, you know, it became my mission and priority to get him to graduate high school with as little damage as I, as he could possibly receive as a child. Mm -hmm. And so I made it to his, I took him to his driving test and I ended up moving out the day that he passed his driving test because Mm -hmm. he was in, he was able to, you know, fully be self-sufficient and be on his own. As this was going on, I was actually on a five year plan. So his graduation day was my five, my fifth year on, on my out. I made it to year four because I was having a really challenging time at this particular moment in life. And my aunt, which people are like your aunt, took me to a swingers meet and greet. I had no idea that I was going to a swingers meet and greet. She did not tell me that that's where we were going. And it was in a public setting. It was at an LGBT community that we love on Long Island at Cherry Grove. And um, I didn't realize that I was at a swingers thing until somebody had invited me into a threesome. And I was like, auntie, what is going on here? And she's like, oh no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, you should feel really happy. You know, the sexiest couple here wants to take you on the boat. I was like, yeah, but what the fuck are we doing? Like, what is this? I was so confused. And um, then after a minute, she explained to me like who Spencer was because Spencer was like really best friends with my aunt. So once I started to understand, and she explained to me what was going on. Somehow Spencer and I had some sort of connection, and we didn't even hardly speak that evening. But we ended up, you know, chit chatting, and he found me on social media, and we ended up growing up, growing a relationship, and so he kind of introduced me to this lifestyle. And so it was a lot of learnings for me. And at that time, I was so far guarded. And I lived, you know, the life I lived was very complicated. So to try and see life through his lenses was like, oh, my God, there's a freedom out there, you know, so that's what ended up. Moving my five year plan up to the one, you know, one year less because I said, if I live another, I was turning 35. And I was like, if I wake up another day and I live this life after seeing how free people live and how in tune they can be with their own selves, like I couldn't. So that was kind of the turning point and how it got me to where the starting was really.
1: Did you ask your aunt why?
2: Well, you know, my aunt's like a pretty wild woman. Her and I have always been, you know, some pretty deviant little humans together. You know, she's taught me everything I know, the good, the bad and ugly. And we always, you know, our chemistry was not more so aunt and and niece. It was like we were best friends. And so it kind of didn't it, no I didn't really because I was just like oh of course right like of course <laughs> like it was just like okay right you know so yeah no I, I mean and we even we even went to a swingers event together at, like at, early on into this whole entire thing that I like a real swingers party mm-hmm. that I found to be a little bit strange I was like okay now I'm in a sexual environment and there's people fucking in front of me and like I'm standing here with my aunt like that was a little bit strange for me that never happened again so there was some boundaries and limits to, to, to it all
1: you mentioned you go from this extremely guarded place where you had to literally put armor around your heart just to get through every day mm-hmm yeah. To a place of seemingly freedom.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How wonderful was it for you to allow your mind to open to that?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, it's taken a lot of time, truthfully. I probably, and I, you know, I still struggle now, but it really has been through my, my morning show and the podcast and, and all the interactions and me being able to be super honest with my emotions and really speak freely because I never wanted anybody. And I still, you know, I don't want anybody to ever experience or feel the things that I feel. So it was very therapeutic to be able to speak my truth and relate it to different things. And, you know, it wasn't until maybe last year that I really was like, okay, you know, like I'm I'm heading in a direction where I am myself. And I am heading into a direction where it was probably (laughs) this is the moment. The time the, the moment I started wearing wigs officially, and that was probably last March or April, April, May, somewhere in that time period, when I started to break out all my different hair colors, that was the day that I really was like, you know what, fuck this. I've lived way too much of not being myself. Today's the day that I'm going to start doing this. And that was the day that I stopped caring. And I was like, I am freely, I'm officially free. And it was very empowering. And it's very wonderful. It's really, really, really spectacular to not have to have those feelings anymore.
1: I find it fascinating that putting on the wigs of a character brings out the genuine you.
2: Yeah, you know, because, you know, it's kind of crazy on what I'm going to say, but like I read something somewhere where it was like, be so much of yourself that it makes others around you feel comfortable enough to be themselves. So I felt like if I put myself out there in the most far out way, in the most ridiculous situations, how could you not feel silly and feel like you want to be at peace and, and just have fun. Right. And so it kind of just became a thing of like, all right, you know, I can do this. And then like, as I started to get different hair colors and everything, I was like, oh my God, I get to be different people. And I get to be like, you know, cause it really does. It changes, you know, like I could put on pink hair today with like a snow hat and be like this super chill, like, you know, snow bunny. And then tomorrow I can put on like a whole like black, you know, thing with like my short black bob and feel like I'm going to fucking whoop your ass, you know, like, it's just very different. And I've always been into individuality. Even when I was married, I, you know, super corporate, very corporate. I supported the C-suite of a multi-billion dollar international company. I was the executive assistant to our CEO. And in that time period, you know, I would change my wardrobes consistently. Like one day I would be, super pencil skirt with, you know, my button up, but then I take it back all the way to like Mad Men and I'd be wearing, you know, a very old school, you know, 50s for it didn't matter. And so I, I was able to change my individuality and embrace myself in different ways. But I was not allowed to wear form fitting clothes. I wasn't allowed to wear tank tops. I wasn't allowed to do or where there were a lot of things I was not quote unquote allowed to do when I was married, which, so, you know, fast forward to now when I started wearing the wigs and I started changing my, you know, and trying to find out all these different things about myself that I can do. I was like, I am going bulls in and nobody can tell me different anymore. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And you know what, if you don't like my hair color today, or if you don't even like, I wear wigs, I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know, like it just became like this very empowering thing of, I'm always going to be myself regardless. And nobody's going to tell me who it is or when it's going to be and what it looks like, because every day it's going to be different. And every day I'm going to embrace who I am and I'm going to love every second of it. And that was kind of really part of, you know, the growth process.
1: Is there a wig that's closest to the genuine you?
2: Oh, so I have these wigs that are shades of purples. I really, really love the shades of, you know, like I have red hair right now. So the ones that are within like my reds and and the purples, I feel like fit me the most, just they fit my complexion and they're the most natural to organic, I would say. And so, yeah, there's this really pin straight, long purple-ish, like purple-reddish that I really do love. And that was when I felt most most comfortable for sure.
1: You go to the swingers event and start being a part of the swinger lifestyle when did the entrepreneur arrive?
2: So that arrived because um After, so when I was in corporate, we went through this huge restructure and they were moving the corporate office off of Long Island and going into a different state. So they ended up eliminating my job position because they needed somebody to support the C-suite in the position, you know, in the state that they were going to. So they ended up giving me six months severance, which I felt very lucky over because like generally people only get like three months and, you know, so I was really happy because I was like, OK, six months, like I'm I'm kind of just going through like my my divorce here. I was struggling hardcore, too, because it wasn't just my divorce. When I left, I actually ended up losing the relationship with my stepson, which was mm-hmm. the only reason why I stayed for that entire time. So I was in a really bad place and my grandmother had just passed away. And so then I lost my like literally like all this is happening in a very short period of time. So when they gave me the six month severance, I was like, this is great. You know, like I could take a minute and think and just like regroup. But Spencer was like, well, listen, instead of going and finding another job, why don't you work primarily on mind bender parties? For me, that was a really hard shift because, you know, in order for me to make the dollars that I was making at my job, I would really have to commute into New York City that's like an hour and a half commute for me one way, you know, so it would have been, there was a lot I was thinking through. So I said, you know what, with six months severance, I'll give you three months. If after the three months, I don't think that this is a viable option for me. I will then commit the next three months to finding a different job and and pursuing my career and doing all that. Well, it turns out I actually love the sex environment. So, you know, as I was exploring, uh, you know, learning the industry and watching and observing. Cause that's really all I primarily did initially. Like I really took a step back cause I wanted to understand what I was really getting myself into and like what he was asking me to do. And was I, a cap- was I capable of growing it? Was I capable of even doing this? So, um, you know, I took my time with it and over, you know, maybe four months I said, okay, I'm going to commit to doing this like full time. At the same time, he had this idea that he always wanted to have a boutique, but he didn't know what it looked like. He didn't know anything of it. You know, it's just, I mean, his whole life, he's just accumulated things that he always wants to sell. And he's, he's done it, but you know, not to a large scale or anything of the sorts. What ended up happening though, when my severance was over and I went to New York state, you know, I, I wasn't going to go for unemployment because I was like, I already got six months and I didn't want to be greedy. So I was just like, kind of like toying with, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? So Spencer encouraged me to go and just check it out. Like, what are they offering you? You know, can they do job placement? It was kind of like a whole big conversation. So I ended up going down to the unemployment office and they said, well, you know, because your work qualifications, you can apply for the seat program. And the seat program is New York State will extend your unemployment for thirteen weeks if you open up your own business within New York state. now, they don't they don't pay for you to, you know, open your business. They don't pay for all the things that they needed you to do because the the fucking list that you need to do is like real long. Like I needed to make my business plan, my marketing plan. I needed to go to school. Like I had to have a certain amount of credit.'s like, they had a lot and over the period of time, like you had to submit the documentation when they wanted you, you know, it was very in depth. So I was like, whoa, okay, well, I said, if you think that I am going, you know, if you think that I should apply for it and think, I, you know, I have a good chance at getting it, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's do that instead of going for just straight unemployment. Um, so lo and behold, I ended up getting approved into the seat program and that was the turning point of it all because COVID had just started also. I was lucky enough, and I don't know how, ended up getting whatever the silly bonuses were that everybody else was getting on top of mm-hmm. the regular unemployment or whatever. I took all those dollars and I opened up Mizzy's Boutique and I just went balls in. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And you know, I structured it to New York State that I am a female entrepreneur in the LGBT community. And I'm going to be providing a service that not many individuals were doing at the time. I felt real freaking proud about it. I was like, this is freaking great. You know, like the universe just really lined things up for me in a way that I was so thankful and humbled over that even to this day, I'm very humbled over my journey.
1: If you walk into the doors of Mizzy's Boutique, realizing it's all online, Mm-hmm. But if you were to walk into a brick and mortar version of Mizzy's Boutique, what would be the first thing you'd see?
2: Oh, my God. Probably like a peace sign, <laughs> like peace and love. Like it would probably be something so like that. You would probably. Yeah. I'm very much into, very spiritual. So you might even see some fairies, truthfully. It'd be like (laughs) mushrooms, peace, love, fairies, trees. It would be something very like that.
1: So what do the other rooms, what are they made of? What are some of the things that are in the boutique for someone who's never been in?
2: Okay. So, I mean, we have everything. We have you know some adult toys. We do a lot of cosplay stuff, so you'll get some fox ears and tails and different variations of things. You no, know, all butt plugs, but they're very cool because they're interchangeable. So, and they're real fox. It's real fox too. Mm. So yeah, they're they're beautiful. So instead of you know upgrading and getting rid of your real fox tail, you just interchange your butt plug, small, medium, large, and it's great. So we have like unique pieces like that. And then I also have sassy. It's sassy adult clothing. You know, choke me, slap me, use me, tank tops, you know, plays well with others. Um, the chains on my mood swing just broke, you know, silly things that like <laughs> are a little bit my sexual preferences often, you know, like funny, you know, catchy things that you know, you don't necessarily just have to wear to, you know, a, a swingers or a kink events, like you can wear it in everyday life. I do have a lot of pineapple merchandise because that represents the swinger world. Um, but because everybody has a cricket now, I've gone and changed into more mainstream. So more of just like alternative, fun, sassy. That's, that's really what it is. And my Mizzy Bender logoed stuff and my minor parties.
1: So let's talk about Mind Better Parties now. Okay. I have no clue what they would be about. Because, okay. again, I don't go to the swinger side of things because, as listeners to my podcast know, I'm not sexually charged in my journey. Mm-hmm. My journey is about being in beautiful moments. Right. And finding that. Mm-hmm. All power to those of you who enjoy the sexual side of things. Mm-hmm. So as someone who is me going into a party of yours, what would I expect there?
2: Well, so the good thing about mind bender parties is it did originate as a, just a swingers party. As my journey continued on into the lifestyle, I learned that I am more kink and swing. So we started to kind of really tap into both territories. So when you come to an event, we're super inclusive, it does not matter who you are, what your body type is, what you identify as, it does not matter. As long as you are a respectful individual, and know how to follow the rules of the lifestyle, you're welcome to come to our event you would come in and uh, it's set up super party-like. So we do like a mix of EDM music, but, you know, everyday hits. So there's like a really great balance and the energy that you get at the events is just overwhelmingly amazing. You know, the dance floor is always packed. Everybody's just like having a great time. It's really, really, really interactive and it's beautiful to see because you don't see anything forced and you don't see anything that it, you know, everybody has smiles on their faces. It's great. And then you go into the other room and we have a whole dungeon set up mm. and the dungeon consists of many different pieces of furniture. We change it. I happen to be a huge fan of the St. Andrew's cross. That's you, that's my, you know, so miss lady and I um, she will we'll always do a scene and it's generally always with the cross Uh, But we put up the spanking bench a bunch, um, you know, the sling, the swing. We have a lot of different pieces. Then, you know, we, we make sure that we are available. If you want to learn how to use one of the, you know, pieces of furniture, we can, you know, show you. Miss Lady does like some really great interactive scenes on them with others. So you'll see her doing some you know, generally it it includes a lot of sensory play. So a lot of flogging, um, mostly some of the, it's mostly flogging materials Mm -hmm. and maybe more on the softer side of things. And then maybe some claws and stuff. But aside from that, you know, we don't go too deep into some of the stuff that we take out because people are not at that level. It's not like an advanced, you know, kink event. This is like Mm -hmm. a very basic intro. Are you curious? start exploring at your own you know pace and leisure and so you have a really great combination of both worlds colliding and it's really enjoyable to watch because those that have never experienced being on a spanking bench before and you put them on there and then you have a few individuals around them doing sensory on top of some other stuff. It's like, whoa, yay. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say overall great energy, amazing humans and uh, all inclusive is what you'll get from Mindbender Parties.
1: I have a set of friends that go by the term, the swinky life yeah. swingers and kinks coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are four of my favorite people. I got to see them at fetish con for the second time after seeing them at kinky college. And they were a guest on the show just four shows ago. Ah! They talked about the fact that when it comes to swinging and kink, the thing that has to be put in the intersection for everyone to understand is the consent part of it
2: mm-hmm. yep.
1: because swinging has one set of guidelines. Kink has another set, but this being in a swinging lifestyle, how do you mix those two together?
2: Well, okay. I mean, I advocate first and foremost, Consent is everything, right? And in the swing world, what I find is when you're at the clubs and stuff, you're so much in a sexual mindset that I think that some forget about communication and some forget about like, okay, yes, I'm so and so. Um, what is it and how is it that you play? What are your boundaries? What are your rules? And sometimes that stuff goes out the window and it kind of gets a little bit messy the next day, you know. In the kink world, first off, there's, I think, a lot less alcohol involved. You know, I don't think those that are topping are really, you know, taking in some beverages. And I certainly don't think that they're bottoming people that are intoxicated. And if so, well, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. That would be a huge foo pot for me if I if I heard that. So, you know, between those two things, you put in alcohol and it changes things altogether because people's mindsets goes like right out the window, in the kink you guys are setting up your scenes and everybody's you know on the same page you know what your safe words are you know you know you kind of have a solid composition as to what's going on swing world it's not like that and i wish i wish people took the time to communicate a little bit more i actually just did a morning show uh this morning and the topic was rules and boundaries you should know of in the lifestyle created by lifestylers. So it was the community putting together a list and, you know, me sharing out my personal thoughts attached to each one of them, but it came down to communication and, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page, no matter what mindset you're in and no matter what's going on. So there's definitely, There's definitely a lot that the swingers can learn from the kinksters a hundred percent because the communication needs to button up some.
1: Kink has a lot of education involved in it. I mean, you can go on FetLife and find a couple dozen classes that go on every single day that people are putting on virtually or in person again, which I'm happy to say that I love teaching in person. Yep. is there a lot of education that goes on in the swinging community i don't see any going on
2: now Should there be a hundred percent not that like is my primary goal with my podcast you know listen my podcast is very straightforward and is very honest and you know sometimes i probably say things that i shouldn't say but they need to be heard you know so I feel like I'm really trying to lay down that foundation, like Lexi Silver, you know, she does her swinging one hundred and one classes. So I've seen that from, you know, from her. Um, but as far as others, I'm sure that there are podcasters out there and there are swingers out there that are, are, are trying to educate in some sort of way. It's not anything so far in my face that I can say, oh, yes, I know this, that and the other thing. And I've seen all this, unlike the kink industry, where you can pull up like, I mean, you could pull I mean, you could pull up everything and anything on there, you know, so it there is a lack of education going on, which is probably another reason why I'm so passionate about my morning show.
1: And I think that's a beautiful thing. And we will talk about the morning show and many other things with the one and only Mizzy Bender when we come back on the program.
0: Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan, I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation.
2: Male submission is more common than you think and more
1: rewarding than you can ever imagine yes mistress now available on kindle and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com you all know i love my cat suits and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing winter fetish I've had some of them for 10 years and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the house of Gordon, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code WWWSPANDEXCAT, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish.
0: Hi, this is Venus and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
1: Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by Mizzy Bender, the... I don't know what to call you, headmistress, woman about town, um, (laughs) director, producer, amazing entrepreneur behind Mindbender Parties and Mizzy's Boutique, and podcasts. You do a morning show, which I think is a fantastic idea because not everybody wants to hear about what the Kardashians were doing yesterday. Or the latest entertainment gossip. They want to hear about what they like to talk about. And you bring them that. Tell me how the genesis of the morning show started.
2: Oh, my God. So a really weird development was the height when COVID had just began. We were scheduled to head up to Philadelphia. We were supposed to put on our shenanigans. I forget the specific name of it. It was a St. Patrick's Day event. And it was the week that there was all the hubbub coming that we potentially might be going down on lockdown. And we hadn't gone on, we hadn't, that hadn't happened yet, but there was all this uncertainty going on around us. And so we said, you know what? We don't understand what's going on in the world. We canceled our event, which the club was not happy that we did that because there was no reason that, no reason, quote unquote, to do it at that time. But we just, with everything going on, we felt very uncomfortable about it. And um, so after a couple of days of conversation with the club and going back and forth, we pulled the plug on the Friday. We were supposed to have the event on Saturday night. And so Friday, you know, we went on social media and said, we're really sorry. But due to the circumstances that are, you know, going on around us, we just don't feel comfortable bringing swingers together, you know, and it just didn't seem morally right one of the conversations that we had on that thread was a, it was kind of a joke where they were like, well, just, you know, go do it from your house or something like that. So I was like, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. We have like Facebook live. We could do, you know, so we did Saturday night from our living room and we did it for very, we actually did it a lot of COVID truthfully, but we did Saturday night live from our living room and we transformed our living room into like, you know, our, our club (laughs) and, um, we sat on, we sat on social media on Facebook for hours. And I can't even tell you how many individuals came and went through that show with us. And we were, you know, we were drinking taking shots and having a grand old time, but everybody was so uneasy. You know, Mm -hmm. you can feel the energy that people didn't really understand what was going on. So we were having conversation on top of, you know, being silly and fun and all this other stuff. And the next day, we received so much correspondence from the community of uh, people that weren't even part of the community really at that point in time, those that just kind of funneled through that more, the, the Saturday night live saying, thank you so much for putting on that show, because we just don't understand what's going on right now. And the, it was really kind of difficult listening to a lot of the messages that were coming through. And it just was not sitting well with me. I was like, this is just awful. I couldn't sleep. I have nothing. So that Monday morning I ended up going on Facebook live. I went on, I was on for hours and hours. And I just sat there and I talked to anybody that would come through and everybody. And it, it then, I don't know, after maybe like four or five hours of doing that, somehow we jokingly was like, oh, we should do this every day. And I was like, oh, okay, we should. I'll do it every day. So that Thursday I launched Mornings with Mizzy and I would go online at 7 a.m. and host the show until 12 PM every single day. And I would put together an outline of what we should talk about. Like, and it was. It was we talked about what was the current events that were going on. We didn't spend so much time on it because that's not really what the purpose of it was. The purpose was to distract everybody from that. Uh, The only time I said I was going to pause the show was when the governor was going to come on and do an update because, you know, we were still trying to find out information and stuff, but um, it was really phenomenal. And that was probably when the world really started to understand and get to know who Mizzy Bender was because I just felt like everybody was in such distress and everybody was in such a bad place that the only thing I could do was start sharing my whole history and everything about myself to say, you know what, I understand that you guys are feeling alone. I understand that you guys are feeling this way. Let me tell you some stories about myself and let's talk and get to know each other on a personal basis. And uh, I probably... Shared a lot of stuff that I probably should have never shared, but it was something that the world needed at the time they needed to know that they weren't alone in the emotions that they were feeling, you know, because you had a lot of individuals that were home alone by themselves. And when you're home by yourself, your thoughts can go real wild and go astray and so you had a lot of mental health things going on at the time. And there was so much going on that a lot of individuals were writing to me saying like, this is what I'm struggling with today. Can you talk about it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were sending me topics that they wanted me to talk about, but the only way I knew how to talk about it was to relate it back to my own self. And Mm -hmm. I probably have a story for every situation that you've been through good or bad. It's, I was able to relate to everybody on and it was really lovely. And after that, you know, like when COVID kind of started to, you know, go away a little bit, I started to cut the morning show down and eventually the morning show went away because I felt like there wasn't a purpose for it anymore. You know, I felt like I did my job and I mm-hmm. felt like I I did the right thing. And I felt really great about what happened and, and where we went as a, as a community and how we grew together. And then everybody was asking me to bring the morning show back. And I was like, oh my God. Um, I felt weird. I felt like, but there's no reason for it. Like, I felt strange. Like, I'm going to go online and I'm just, you're just going to watch me talk. Like, what's the reason for it? Like, I just didn't understand. And I just maybe had an insecurity around myself that like, who are you now to just like carry on this show? Like, what are you going to do? So I struggled with it for a little while. And, um, it wasn't until earlier this year that I brought the morning show back because if people were just asking and asking and asking, and I said, you know what? All right, if you really want it, I'm going to figure out what this morning show looks like now. And so now the morning show is community submitted questions. And sometimes they're very difficult questions that they need to know that somebody else is going through it. Mm-hmm. They need to hear that they're not alone and they need to hear and be able to relate to somebody And so that's what I do. They send me a question and if it's something that I'm not knowledgeable in, I will put the discussion, I'll build a a question and I'll put it in our private Mindbender Parties group. And I allow the community to have discussions privately and share their thoughts with me. So the morning show is now a combination of those thoughts from the community and my direct approach on the information because i like i mentioned earlier like i'm very direct like i don't i don't sugarcoat anything i am a no-nonsense individual you know when we're talking about sex and kink and things like don't fuck around like this is very serious you know you need to understand who you are as an individual you need to understand why you're in this lifestyle you need to understand what it is that you're looking to accomplish how do you communicate it with your partner how do you make sure that what you're feeling inside is really being transmitted the right way? There's a lot that goes into it. And in order for you to get to that place, you need to be solid as an individual, right? So I really emphasize self-care, self-work, you know, all these different things, making sure that you're always in tune and you can't push the buck on to somebody else on why there's an issue and there's a breakdown in this lifestyle that you're living. So it's great. I'm really happy that people accept my assholeishness at times because it seems so, you know, but it's, it's really lovely that I'm supported in such a way that people feel really positive about the information that comes out of it and that they feel that maybe I should say that I feel now that I have a value on what it is that I'm trying to do. Cause initially You know, in that time period, I just didn't understand. Now I feel complete. Now I feel like, okay, I understand why I'm doing this. And now it's my passion and I'm never going to stop.
1: You do have a value. And I hope you will acknowledge for yourself. What you did was you took a community of people who felt so alone And in two different ways, being present for them with the morning show and having a conversation with them and then having a conversation with them about something that they may have thought they were the only one going through it. Mm -hmm. And you gave them that safe space in both places because my god when you talk about the biggest struggle we all have is we think there's something wrong for the longest time Mm -hmm. and until we can discover that there's nothing wrong it's our normal Mm -hmm. it's what is to us and you gave people that safe space i want you to to bask in that to to take that shine and bask in that because mm-hmm. that's a huge gift you gave to people thank you let's talk about the other podcasting you like to do outside of mornings with mizzy mm-hmm. oh. I know that there's little different things that you do. Give us a taste of the other programming you do.
2: So, you know, I try and, I try and take everybody on a ride, you know, of my life, you know, because a lot of people live vicariously. No, what is that? They live no vicariously through, absolutely. Yeah, vicariously through us, right? Because we live so open and so free now like no limitations we have no boundaries and we're very open and a lot of people want to see into like what that looks like so I'm always I'm always documenting I'm always video recording I'm always you know capturing moments so like on my blog you'll find various different events that we've been to and our journeys with a lot of different photos you know they're they're vanilla photos. Some of them push the boundaries where you can kind of see into like, you'll see some scene photos, but like we're fully clothed and things like that, you know, like it's still very, you know, where everybody's like mass market, you can still read it and I'm not going to get in trouble. Um, but I really try and take you on a journey on what it's like when we start our travel. So, you know, you'll see us like going on the ferry and getting the ferry ride over and just like a step-by-step through the weekend, what it's like to build the event. because listen, when we go and put on our events in Rhode Island, it's a day set up with up with a little crew that we have. It's not like we just go and turn the lights on and, you know, put on an event. We travel with a 20-foot trailer and uh, there's a lot involved with it. So, you know, to be able to show everybody, you know, the pros, the cons, the ups, the downs, and all of it is my way of keeping things super transparent. So through my social media, you'll be able to like live in a day in the life of, you know, Mizzy Bender, My Men of Parties, Mizzy Bender Corp, however you want to branch it out. And, uh, you know, also I have, I do have my OnlyFans where you can kind of see a different aspect of, of my life, but it is still a day in the life of Mizzy Bender. No matter what I do, it is a day in the life and you will get whatever's going on and, you know, things like that. So, and I I've, I've found like enjoyment out of it. I'm trying to get better at blogging. So I have been doing some research on ways that you're supposed to develop your blog and like write blogs and stuff and whatever, because I'm a journaler. I really, I love to wake up in the morning and journal. You know, I, I have like my whole process that I do. So to be able to take that and kind of transition it into building out a well-developed blog where not only do you see the photos, but you get my thoughts is really where I'm trying to build to. So it's been really fun tuning into who I am and providing the content that I think is what really keeps true to who we are as a business. And that's been really remarkable to figure out.
1: You've opened your life, you've opened your business, you've opened your personality to the world. What does Mizzy Bender get out of it?
2: Um, when somebody says, you really helped me today, you know, really puts like, I did my job, you know, it is a really rewarding experience when You know, listen, I'd be lying if I didn't say that a lot of the things I talk about are also self-healing, right? Some of the things that I speak to the world are words that I need to hear myself and I need to hear them over and over and over again, too. So when you get that moment that you just shared this vulnerable story and somebody comes back to you and sends a message and says, thank you so much for sharing that with me or, you know, with everybody, but, you know, it's generally in their own person Um, You really helped me start my day the right way. You really helped me think about it differently this way. I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to do so. You know, my mom, I had my mom on the podcast. (laughs) Really, really, you know, because my mom and I's relationship is super challenging, but it was really important for me to share with the world that yes, like us trying to find out and be who we are is really difficult. And trying to come out to those around us to explain who we are as individuals is really challenging at times. So it was really important for me to bring her on and us have the tough conversation of like, yeah, no, this wasn't great initially. This wasn't, you know, that podcast was very powerful to so many individuals. And it's moments like that, that you look back and say, you're right. I did the right thing. I did the right thing by sharing this. And so it's those that are the most rewarding.
1: Everything you need to know, whatever want to know, available at Mizzy, M-I-Z-Z-Y, Bender, dot com. What a joy and honor it has been to have you on the program. This is one of my favorite interviews, I can tell you that.
2: Thank you. I actually said that I was really humbled and honored to be here. So thank you for your kind words and and having me here. This was really, really great.
1: I first met Mizzy thanks to our first ever guest on the show, Lexi Silver who is having her first anniversary book party with Mizzy, Dragonfly, and another guest, Casey Carter, joining us. I always thought Mizzy had the most wonderful personality, but I really am glad we waited those couple of years to talk to her because she has blossomed into the most amazing human. And I'm really glad we got to
0: talk and will continue
1: to talk as the days go by.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's the founder
1: of the Evolutionary Dominatrix Academy. Hall of Fame Dominatrix mistress, Damiana Chi, PhD, talks about psychology, the training of new dominatrixes, And a lot more. Mistress Damiana Chi, PhD. On the next, What Women and Other Wonderful
0: Humans Want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the show. I am John, proudly known as Hi There, Katsu. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you, to always remember consent, and to love each other always.
0: What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at YouTube.com. Slash dating kinky. This has been a presentation of dating kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free.